So I don't, listeners, I don't know if this will make it into the final edit, but I just accidentally cut Dan off. Uh, I'd hung up on him. So uh, to put him in his place every once in a while. <laughs> it means it's going to be that awful edit for you now where my mind's longer than yours. <laughs> <laughs> we don't compare sizes on track by track. But if we, we just did... ju- judge other people's. Uh... Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. From our heads and hearts and our tongues to your ears. And on the turntable this week, we've got Language by Emily e. Kay. So, Emily e. Kay is on track by track. It's fair to say, Dan, we are pretty excited about this episode because we've wanted to talk about Emily e. Kay in full glory for a while. We have, and he's, we've dropped his name so many times because let's let's not beat around the bush. Let's make the big statement right now. Emily K, one of the songwriters of our generation, right? He is hot property. I think he's so cool as well. I'd love to be him. Yes, I would quite like to be him. We're getting a bit uh, gushy quite quickly this week, but he is. He's very cool. He's very. The thing that I get from Emily K, Will, is that he knows himself. And I think to, to have that is is just to kind of is just an added layer of confidence. He's got sass, he's got talent, he's very funny if you see him in interviews. And obviously we're gonna go into much more detail on his work and maybe his life very soon. Uh, and he doesn't hold back in schooling people when they need to be told a thing or two as well. Uh and a bit I like just you. wish well, I was going to say, I just wish I had that confidence and that ability. Dan, can I just say something before we get into the episode any further? Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know why, but for some reason, I can't get that. You know that song? Hey, hey, baby. Ooh, ah. I know why it'll be because of war. Hoo, ha. From the last episode, maybe. And Dan, why are we talking about Emily K this week and this album of his? So, of course, February is LGBTQ plus history month. Uh, and we've been dying for a reason to talk about Emily K. And normally we tie it up with an anniversary, an album anniversary, a single anniversary, whatever. But it felt very right to talk about him this month, particularly because Emily uh, K did say when he was promoting the album, uh, he said that what he wanted to get uh, or what he wanted to give from this album was to help fight in normalizing black homosexuality in pop music. And I think he did that well. Yeah, absolutely. And he continues to be a trailblazer. That's a good word. I haven't used that before. In the black LGBTQ plus community. Also, just a bit of background. Emily K from London, South London, South East London. Singer, songwriter, producer, uh, artist, uh, icon, trailblazer. Trailblazer, yeah. That's the word. Um, That's the buzzword. Uh, he's also got a lot of writing and production credits behind him for other people. Uh, we're obviously shining a spotlight on his debut solo album today, but he's also uh, done work and supported the likes of Dua Lipa, Little Mix, Zara Larson, Saturdays, Clean Bandit, uh, Craig David, uh, Years and Years, Kylie, and more recently, Steps, believe it or not. Just it blows my mind of what a lineup that is and we talked about of course head and heart the massive hit he had last summer with joel cory which was in our top 40 of 2020 and was a number one hit for six weeks and my heart goes oh sorry it's such a good it's such a good song isn't it it's oh and also, that was his first number one as the um, as a as a vocalist, as an artist. Of course, he's had many uh, through co-write. And Dan, we were lucky enough to have a quick catch up with Emily K uh, ahead of today's episode. So, shall we have a listen and to hear what happened? Let's do it. Over to Dan and Will and Emily K. 
Well, I don't want to speak on your behalf, Dan, but I, we both love the album, it's fair to say. Um, Thank yeah. you. Um, to kick off, though, uh, just a, a more general question, just around kind of the year you had last year, obviously a strange year, but you had some great success. Yeah, I mean, 2020 was very interesting. I, I had a lot of time to think and I had a lot of time to just like... Uh, because I think before the pandemic, I was ready to, you know, think about my next project and my next like album or EP or whatever. And everything just changed. And then all everything that I was thinking about changed. I, but then with all, all the success with the writing production, it's been dope because I've been able to be out there still. And also, you know, with Head and Heart and with Joel, that did his thing. And it, it brought back interest, I guess, on the artist project which was a funny thing because my head hasn't been there right now. So, yeah, because like, it's just pandemic. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I've been feeling very pop starry. I'm glad that whatever I'm doing is 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 doing this thing. We said a few times last year as well about how, um, you know, there was a lot of there's some songs that came out last year that sounded like they should have been for the club or for holidays. And Head and Heart was definitely one of them. So it's a shame we didn't get it for that. But at the same time, thank God we had that song to kind of soundtrack our summer and bring us some positivity. Yeah, I mean, it was it's amazing that it's done something for people, you know, and this really brought people together. Like, I think that's the main thing that anyone can ask for in a time like this. Like, I know music has always been my own therapy just to exist and just to get by and the fact that I can contribute to making someone happy through it is is a bonus all the time I never never lose appreciation for it so today we're talking about language your debut album we're talking about it as part of LGBTQ plus history month when you made language when you was doing kind of the the interviews at the time you said you wanted to help fight uh help the fight in normalizing black homosexuality in pop music uh, looking back, kind of two years on, do you think do you think the album helped with that? Did you get any like feedback from other artists on that? <laughs> you know what? I think yeah. Like, so when I when I wrote language, or when I began the process of writing language, it was totally just I really wanted an album out, and I think that I wasn't viewing my writing and production in the most like positive way. And so I really wanted this album to be like a claim of, okay, this is me. This is exactly what's going on in my head and like what is going through in my heart in a, in a like concentrated manner. But as far as like, you know, me touching on, you know, being queer, being black and queer and all the unique experiences that come with that, it was amazing to see a positive response, you know, and to see uh, people that look like me see themselves in this album. And um, I really tried to pay attention to that because as a result of that, the, the success I've had as a writer producer, it's very easy to get caught up in numbers and, and be upset if I didn't get the same sales as whoever I've written for. And maybe that was definitely a hint of that, but I had to remember, you know, there were people who would message me and who come to the tour and, you know, tell me that it saved their lives and it, and it changed uh, their perception and opened their eyes to something they'd never seen before. And, and it's, it's sick to have that power and it's sick to have that capability. And it's um, something that I try to remember is a good thing. There's lots of people who, people who know their pop music like us and know that you've written for all these other people. It was just so nice to hear something really personal from you. Yeah, thank you. And I think uh, it was it was as a result of me just living some life that I don't think I would have been able to do if, if I'd made an album when I first got in the industry like 12 years ago, because I was a child. You know, I'd been in a relationship, I'd come out of a relationship, I'd experienced just different things and I wanted to write about it and have a fun time and, you know, wear fun outfits and do choreography and music videos and all of that. And I think, yeah, it was a great time. And I'm so proud of the album. And looking looking back on the album a couple of years on, what are there any tracks that you're most proud of that stand out, that really stay with you? Um, now you've had some time, some distance since recording and releasing it. Yeah, of course. I mean, as far as like the songs I'm most proud of, I, I loved making Girlfriend and I loved, you know, I loved 
tongue because I, I hold tongue because I feel like tongue was really just the first time I really had fun. Like, you know, like I'm a Mariah Carey fan. So like, I love all her albums. And so I always watch her interviews and she says that like, Honey was the first time she had fun in a music video. And I feel like tongue was my honey moment. Cause I was just like, oh, I get to dance. I get to do me. I get to have just a fun time. Uh, but my favorite favorite on the album was always uh, Honeymoon Phase, just cause that was just a chance to me to just be indulgent. And I mean, there were people who told me to not have it on the album because it was indulgent, but it's a fan favorite. And I also just love it cause it's, uh, it's real. The lyrics of it are very, very real, but then the production in it is just, it's me and my friends actually just making this song. And so, yeah, it has been two, two and a bit years since uh, Language was released. Huge success with Head and Heart last year. I guess what's what's next for M&EK as, as an artist and a performer? See, this is a very interesting question because, yeah, I guess I had the very uh, straightforward idea of just doing a second album or doing like a, a new project as M&EK. But... I don't know. I want to continue to make shit that, like, I'm really excited about. And admittedly, like a lot of people, I just haven't experienced enough life to make a new album as just me. I'm thinking of just new things. I'm thinking of new projects. I'm thinking of ways to merge me as an artist and me as a writer-producer together because I don't feel like... I don't feel like I want to try and be a pop star, like, in the way that my counterparts are the same way but the same way I'm not trying to be like a DJ so it's like I I just want to try something fun and work with people I love working with it's been so long and there's so many songs that are that I'm very proud of that I've done well but now I just want to be able to really claim them and really just go into the next section like it all sounds very vague I know but yeah <laughs> I, got, I, too I, got, I guess that's just what I'm thinking you know what I mean I because I look up to Timberland and Pharrell and Quincy Jones and Jam and Lewis and I really just want to have a legacy at this point. Thank you very much for uh, for joining us today and next we're gonna go through the whole album track by track. Thank you so so much for having me I can't wait to see what you think. Well we <laughs> certainly had a giggle catching up with M and EK ahead of today's episode talking about him and his album we're here today to talk about Language, the debut solo album from M&EK. This was released uh, a few years ago now, so September 2018 this was released. Dan, why are we talking about it? Although I have a feeling you've already said, why are we talking about it this week? I've told you, LGBTQ plus history month. All right, all right. Quite snappy today, actually, Dan. Sorry, I'll try and calm down. You get out of bed on the wrong side or did you just get out of the wrong bed? How dare you? That's slander. So, side one, track one on language, it's background. there uh it is a bite-sized track but i think it's a brilliant statement of intent for emonique's debut album he's kind of saying i'm i'm coming out as a solo artist it's my time to shine absolutely and already of course made a name for himself as a songwriter and producer but i i do like the fact that you know for some people that would be enough and for some people that is enough but as well as loving and have a having a real passion for doing that for the people he also wants to be the artist and the performer which is a, a gift for us because to see him perform um i'm trying to think of the most recent time I, I saw him at mighty hooper i think years ago um but just to see him perform he he lives for for the stage and for performing and he gives it his everything so uh, thank goodness he didn't stay in the background uh, after so long of doing work for other people i think this for me when he released this album it was was so ready for his deb- solo debut album. I think what I love about this album is we'll go into it. It feels very cohesive, feels like it flows through 
really well. There's some great connections between the tracks as well. But I think this is a great way to kick off. He's clearly got an ear for the album as a whole. And obviously that we're totally here for that on track by track. It's what we do, it's what we love. It's what we it's what we appreciate. Let's get into the first track proper, shall we, Dan? Yes. So well, the first first full length track. Yes. A little a little hint of a tease at the start there. But this is track two. Correct. So correct there. Uh, and in terms of production, first of all, Dan, uh, what's the deal? So as we said right at the top, as well as being a songwriter, MNEK is a producer and he is he is producing uh, the whole of this album with some additional names on certain tracks. With this one and with background, it is purely MNEK on songwriting and production. Brilliant. I love this as it's a really deep sort of reggae pop, urban pop track in which he's setting out his position about kind of the album coming what it means uh not just in terms of his debut solo but what it means for him as a black lgbtq plus man definitely and i think at the same time as doing that there's a few examples through this album where the lyrics are very true very honest but the music you know this this man can write a banger and this is no exception. There's a lot of fun in this track. Um, he's very he's very witty and very clever with his lyrics as well. I like the nods in this one to Aretha and Respect uh, and Ghetto Superstar. Uh, not Sorry, not Aretha singing Ghetto Superstar. Uh, that, oh, that'd that, be amazing. Although I would like to hear that, actually. <laughs> if, <laughs> if we're, we're lucky. lucky. <laughs> <laughs> if only it existed for us to play a clip of. Yeah, that would uh, be lovely. Uh, I love Ghetto Superstar, though. Do you remember that, when that was a hit? When was that? Mid, mm. mid to late 90s? And obviously, M&EK, he, you know, a great songwriter, but he knows his stuff as well. I feel like he's a real, I don't want to say music nerd, because... Connoisseur. A connoisseur. I mean, I, I would I would say that we're music nerds. Well, we are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, Stay Fabulous, Honey. Mm. Is one of my, I know it's a very simple thing, but... It's it's putting his personality in the track, isn't it? It's not mm. just um, generic. It's It's got attitude. Uh, I also love the line, everybody's asking why they haven't heard my album yet. The thing is with that as well is that he, I think now he's only 26. So when this album came out, he was 24 or so. Like, be patient, people. He's writing bangers for Madonna, for goodness sake. But also, when is the second album coming? Good things come to those who wait, Dan. And Mm. good things also take time. Yes, they do. Quite right, Will. Put me back in my place. Yeah, absolutely. Happily. Track number three now. This is what your favourite thing when you go to the meat counter at Sainsbury's. favorite tracks on the album have to say that likewise will and i think this was also the first solo mnek track that mm. i ever heard so it's kind of got that memory behind it as well but also i remember there was intrigue because i knew he was a songwriter so there was real intrigue into what you know what does his own material sound like and i just loved it it's just so wonderfully crafted but of course you'd expect that no i knew what he'd written for the people so i kind of 
I really, I guess I knew this was going to be good. And Dan, obviously this song is all about uh, two men falling in love and maybe declaring that a little bit prematurely. Dan, have you ever said that too soon? Uh, no, in fact, will I make a point of always being the second one to say it? Well, you you uh, bloody would as well, wouldn't you? Apart from that time when I found myself in a thruple, then I was the uh, fourth one to say it. <laughs> uh, the video for this is brilliant. Have you? It's, can you? Well, have you seen it? Do you remember it? I, do you know, I have seen. It. I haven't seen it for a while. I have to refresh my memory. It's a great video. I guess it's a love story, a romantic story between two two men, two queer men of color. Uh, and I think imagine being uh, someone younger in their, your teenage years. Uh, hard for you to imagine, Dan. I know it was a long time ago now. Uh, <laughs> and seeing that video on music television, how inspired you might feel or how how lesser your feelings of maybe loneliness and worry just by seeing the fact that people are out there, you know, and it's possible. You can do it. You can have what you want. Absolutely. I completely agree, Will. And I think, you know, people talk about, you know, why why is there a need for gay pride? And from, you know, there's many, many, many reasons why things like gay pride and, of course, LGBTQ plus history month are needed. But for me, one of the main reasons is is that it's showing people, you know, it could be a someone who lives with a, with a homophobic family or is just surrounded by, you know, uneducated people who thinks it is wrong just to see something like that and think, you know what, actually there are other people out there like me. It is okay. Uh, and as you said, Will, for queer people of colour as well, I've heard in interviews from the likes of Emily Kay and other people, it's even harder. But, you know, thankfully we have got this album, Lil Nas now, of course, a really huge pioneering artist, worldwide known now artist. Um, just think of the lives that he's changing. And just the difference that, that he's making and other artists are now making is just brilliant and it's one of the reasons why we wanted to to do this month and talk about some of these artists you know we talked about frankie goes to hollywood last week you know the difference the impact they made in the early to mid 80s uh and you know what emily k is doing now um and obviously we'll talk about gina g in a few weeks <laughs> not as part of this month to be quite clear <laughs> no, I was, that was just that was just a statement uh so also, musically, this song is a dream in just the way the beat and the way it flows and it moves from these really melodic choruses to a more kind of very structured, uh, almost rap spoken verse. I love it. It's great. I love as well how low M&EK's vocal gets in this one. I don't think you really hear it elsewhere on the album like this, but it's, it, it's fantastic. It's so brooding almost. But elsewhere, I love towards the end. I kind of feel like this song gets more and more thrown at it as it goes on. But then towards the end, you've got that uh, tippy two, tippy tee little part, which uh, just just goes to show that as well as I said it earlier, as well as sharing important messages and 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 sh- sharing, I guess his own story. Uh, he's having a lot of fun with this album as well. Track four, gibberish, is a short twenty second interlude of Emily K uh, and an unknown mates having a chat and talking about gibberish in fact much like you get on track by track when we're not talking when we're not playing parts of the song we are just talking gibberish and that's a track by track guarantee so track number five then this is why'd you call my phone why'd you call my phone when you know i need time alone track five there phone and it's the age old problem of why won't that ex that person you don't want to speak to anymore stop contacting you it is a story as old as time itself, isn't it? But I love how M&EK has given it his own spin because that that melody right at the start, that one that sounds like the phone ringtone, that's like that's genius. It's so simple, but genius at the same time. And I love how almost stripped back this phone is, but it still bounces along. I'm sort of bobbing up and down, clicking my fingers whilst I'm saying that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
it still bounces along. Great melody to it as well. But you know, this is the this is like what I'm saying about how it flows together. You've got tongue, but then you've got this about maybe when things aren't so good and you want to be left alone as well. Yeah. And I just think there's a, as well as kind of the phone thing and, and how it feels a bit more stripped back, uh, lyrically, lyrically, just the kind of repetition of why'd you call my phone? I think the best songwriters know when less is more. And M&EK really does know that. And he's not alone on this track either. There is an additional producer, which is Lofile, or Lofile, but I think it's Lofile, who has also worked with the likes of Zed and Skrillex. And also, just want to just, it's not related to that, but I just thought, whilst I've got a moment to get a word in. Uh, <laughs> Do I not normally give you that space? Uh, anyway, uh, just some of the other people that Emily has worked with, you know, and guest vocalist, you know, the likes of Gorgon City, Rudimental, uh, also the contribution towards like Duke Dumont uh an ame as well as artists real dance credentials there as well definitely Jax jones as well was one of my favorites Jax jones yeah but i remember do you remember need you oh if we're lucky here's a bit you gotta give me everything baby ain't no doubt give me 100 need you 100 That was the song he had a big hand in down. I just wanted an excuse to play that track, actually, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. So I just love it. It's a great dance track. It is a great dance track. So from one great track to another, this is track number six, Colour, featuring Hayley Steinberg. So, colour there, and an additional co-writer on this one. It's the lovely Anne-Marie. New voice judge, uh, and also co-writer and and performer of Clean Bandit's Rockabye, which begs the question, Will, why haven't we done a Clean Bandit album yet? Uh, Because I can't uh, erase the memories of them doing the Cortana advert. Oh, I didn't remember that. So I have erased the memories. Hey, Cortana, when Grace calls, remind me to tell her not to dance on any tables. Okay, I can remind you. When Neil calls, remind me to tell him not to dress like it's 1996. (laughs) Sure thing. Cortana, what are you wearing? A phone. Like it? (laughs) You made me laugh, Cortana. Uh, But if I had to ask you, Will, just I'm not giving you any preparation for this. Favourite Clean Bandit song ever? Oh, uh, rather be. That's a Wait, food. I was going to say, wasn't that M&S? They do like an advert. <laughs> Mine was Tears with Louisa Johnson. Absolute banger. Uh, but back to Colour featuring Hayley Steinfeld. This is a bop and a half, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this was really, this was the big single from the album, I think, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Just from the opening bars of the boom, 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 boom. And it then builds and builds. Uh, and it's just that chorus is so catchy, so memorable. And it's one of those tracks that you just hear still all over the place. On the radio, when you're in Topshop or, well, maybe you not were so much anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's just a big pop bop. Um, and also, I just love the... You- the the lyrics there again there's that kind of simplicity there but they're really sweet as well that idea that before you came into my life everything was black and white and then later on referencing the red and yellow and pink and green orange and purple and blue i can, I can paint a rainbow yeah. yeah listen with your eyes and all that kind of thing ah! <laughs> um yeah the real kind of it's, it's an absolute pop bop but there's a really kind of uh, innocence to it. 
Stan, will you just put your glasses down and stop? I've I've said sorry, listeners. Uh, if this is something you've heard before on the podcast, but Dan can't stop cleaning his glasses, and the way he cleans them off screen uh, <laughs> when we're not. doing a, a FaceTime call when we're recording, it does look quite uh, incriminating. I do apologise. Do you know what? I've got a real thing? If, I, if I've got a tiny, it's a little dot on my glasses. It really winds me up, and and I've also picked up a. Dirty glasses cloth, I think. Anyway, um, back to the song. <laughs> uh, I love, love the vocal production on this one as well. I think you get those just layers and layers of vocals on the chorus. And then post-chorus, well, you've got that wonderful kind of, it just the song explodes. And you can imagine if you see this one live, that's the confetti moment. We do love a confetti moment. <laughs> Track number seven now, and this is body. English, but another language I know is body. You're speechless, but I can hear you calling me loud and clear. You seem tense, so go on over, let me know your body. Cause I know your heart, I know your mind, your soul. Give me something I can hold. Like your body on the way, we will find beauty in the simple things. So, body there. I may only speak English, but another language I know is body. Will. <laughs> what the hell are you going to say? Do you speak any other languages? Uh, I speak French and German and Klingon. Oh. I don't speak German, but I can if you like. That wasn't Klingon, was it? Lady Gaga. <laughs> um, I can't speak French, but I let the funky music do the talking. Oh, yeah. Hey, I wonder if Lady Gaga was inspired by Girls Aloud. Probably not. No. We're fans of both acts, but probably not. No. Never the twain shall meet. And if you're listening, ladies, all six of you. Hello, Happy ladies. New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> it's February. Happy Valentine's. That was last week. When are we? Where are what, we? What? <laughs> <laughs> We're actually recording this episode and it's September 2017. This is a wonderful synthy little number, isn't it? Yes, I love the um the beat on this one, very immediate, and I really like the kind of quite jitteriness of uh the vocals and the effects on those. And the na 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 na, there's a bit of na 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 in there which I really like. I always like a na na na. Uh, but I think this is there's so many different musical styles, instruments, and approaches on this album. And again, to move a bit further into a kind of synth pop space with this track, at around about the halfway point, is a great place to be. Definitely. And there's also this one. This I I felt when I heard this song, uh, uh, the first time I heard it in preparation for this uh, episode, I did think, God, I really feel like I know this song well. But I think it is just. It's kind of like it's one of those songs that just feels familiar the first time you hear it. But then that middle eight, it just builds and builds into this huge um, crescendo. Um, so I love a song that, you know, you think you think you know it and then it just takes you somewhere else. By the hand to the bedroom mm. with this song, isn't it? And do you think they, uh, the person that MNEK is singing to, do you think they're going to get there? I think there might be some body language spoken after this track and certainly in the next track it's probably going to be continued well or is it coming to an end let's find out together in track eight honeymoon phase when do we get out of the honeymoon phase because we like we used to whatever happens to me and you it's taking us right out of the honeymoon So honeymoon phase there. Dan. Yes, lovey. Do you remember we used to hang out in your room listening to Brandy and Monica and smoking? <laughs> 20 Rothmans. Oh, 20 Berkeley Red, I thought yours were. So... Honeymoon phase here. This has got an additional co-producer, Will, uh, Trey Jean-Marie, or Trey Jean-Marie, who has worked with Craig David, but also worked on uh, two of my favourite new holiday songs from Christmas 2019, 
Mabel's loneliest time of year and Little Mixer's one I've been missing. Uh, you do love Christmas. It's probably a bit early in February to start talking about it, Dan. <laughs> I do apologize. I, I, I think it's because we didn't really get a Christmas last year. I'm already so excited for next Christmas. Or as I like to call it, this Christmas. <laughs> you feel a bit cheated. A little bit. I mean, we were saying before we, re- we pressed record today, weren't we? It almost feels like a year of our life has been taken away. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to all the things we couldn't do before, like seeing each other in person and recording in person. And hugging, Will. I would like to give you a big hug. Oh, no. Because <laughs> you, you always press your, press your groin right up against it. It's just very uncomfortable. I am sorry. I'll, I'll not do that. What about when I breathe heavily on your neck? Is that okay or not okay? <laughs> just, you can't see this, but I just shuddered. <laughs> what about this song? Uh, it's... Obviously wanting to recapture um, a, a lovely time, um, but lamenting on the fact, quite moodily, that it's no longer the case. Remember when we used to be sweet. And I like it as as a centre point on the album. I really like it. Uh, it's not kind of, it's not a kind of stereotypical pop song that we've been hearing. It's five and a half minutes long. It's a little bit more slowed down. And m k did say that he had to fight to get this one on here because... Uh, I guess the, oh. the label and the management thought that it was uh, indulgent and long and not poppy. Um, but he feels like it was a song where he was just singing and going off. And he does go off. His vocal on this one is fantastic. Being indulgent, long and not poppy are almost reasons to have it on an album. I mean, we try and do that with every episode, don't we? We try and be self-indulgent, <laughs> very long. Yeah. And not at all focused on the pop. Oh, some of that was right. Maybe not all of it. So track number nine now, which is language. You can hear that playing out as we talk. Um, love is a language, he says, Dan. Do you agree? I do agree that love is a language, yeah. Love is a language and love is blind. And love is... Love is everything. Oh, that's lovely, Will. Um, but this song, I love this song. I love how it obviously is just a little snippet of something but it's so stripped back and the harmonies uh, are just dreamy on this one I guess it's also the title of the album but I think every track on this album is uh, m k using a different language to talk about something whether it's like honeymoon phase where we're trying to wanting to recapture feelings of old whether it's wanting to tell someone that you love them whether it's uh, not knowing what to say, it's it's all different. Absolutely, but all all part of language, all part of the album. Uh, there you go. And the next track, Will, is a tribute to Kim Marsh, Mylene Class, Suzanne Shaw, Danny, and Noel, whose surnames I don't know if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I knew <laughs> Noel Sullivan. I knew you didn't know Danny's surname. I was just thinking he doesn't. He won't know Danny's surname. Do you know Danny's? No, Danny. Danny. Just Champion then. of the world. Ah, I am, of course, being silly. It's just another interlude before we get into track 11. And I think hearsay is around almost trying to dismiss rumours to your partner, to to your girlfriend or boyfriend that probably aren't true. Mm. Although in your case, Dan, All true, be. all true. <laughs> Uh, track number 11 now. This is a cover of the Billy Piper hit. No, lovey. It's an original. Girlfriend. <laughs> I wish you would come out. I only see you when it's dark out. Every time, hey, can I come now? It's too late, yeah. I've never been to your house. That's why you always come round. Just so I'm scared you'll find out. Because if she knew that you wear my jeans, say my name when you fall asleep. It's your fifth anniversary. Even now, my I constantly need the you or your story straight. It's such a shame. For us, I put yourself in the so that was girlfriend uh and that's a real throwback for me to kind of the uk garage sounds of the late 90s early noughties also addressing something quite serious about uh a ma- two men carrying on 
uh, where one of them has a girlfriend. Mm. Dan, question for you. Oh, no. <laughs> what do you think of this track? I really like it. And as you said, the um, the kind of early noughties garage thing, really enjoyed that on this song. And also this one features a sample of I Know Corita, uh, which was written by Chaz Jankel of Ian Jory and the Blockheads fame. And also the late Kenny Young, who is most famous for writing Under the Boardwalk. So kind of real, uh, a real classic song given a modern spin by M&EK on this one. Under the boardwalk, boardwalk, boom. Uh, so yes, he is talking about in this track, does your girlfriend know what we get up to, basically? So clearly, uh, he's definitely cheating on his girlfriend. My favourite line in this one, Will, is neither you or your story is straight. Because talking about languages, I think m k speaks fluent sass. Oh, yes. He doesn't hold back in coming forwards with mm. uh, his opinions and with the truth in a lot of a lot of instances. And I can think of many times when he has spoken up on Twitter or on other social media uh, to call someone out on something. Yep. Rightfully so. And you do enjoy doing that, but more specifically to me. Yes. And I also do it uh, behind a separate account that no one knows. So I think, what do they call it? Trolling, do you call it? Yeah. Yeah, I do enjoy that. Track number 12 now, Paradise. isn't it this is very good well there seemed to be something quite familiar about that song of course it's a sample from ultranate's huge hit free uh which i i don't know about you dan but i absolutely adored back in the day oh yeah i mean it, surely one of the biggest sort of commercial dance songs of the 90s it's an absolute anthem dan yes lovey do you fancy a dance a boogie. Can I raise my microphone stand? Yeah, let's let's get up. I'm gonna, let's have a little bit, shall we? And if we're lucky, here we go. There we go. Oh, that was. I don't nice. mind saying that we did play the whole song to ourselves. We can only play thirty seconds just now, of course. But we went the whole hog. Uh, of course, we did. But no, I love what this. You know, behind this song, talking about a paradise, and I guess really connecting with an LGBTQ plus audience, an audience of color, uh, anybody that maybe is searching for an an ideal, uh, a world which is amazing. Pretty much everyone at the moment, at time of recording, really, isn't it? Well, absolutely. I was going to say, I I think uh, you spoke about the original intention of the song quite rightfully, but obviously songs, people put their own stamp and their own interpretation on a song. And I think right now, escaping the world and kind of feeling unhappy with the way it is now, well, that's surely most people. Um, So it 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 did really resonate with me, this song. Uh, and then that sample, that alternate sample, I love how, you know, that it's a banger and you could have made that even more of a banger, even more of a kind of, you could have updated it. But I love how actually kind of strips it back a little bit and just focuses on that, what I assume to be a guitar line and gives it an almost Balearic spin on this track. Well, and quite poignant, actually. Mm. Almost does take the song to Paradise. Take the, to the original, I mean. Uh, track 13 now and... Well, Funny, a good connection actually. Uh, track 13 is Crazy World. Somebody's trying to live the 
So yes, Crazy World there, similarly themed to the previous track, but very different musically. Yeah, and this is quite political actually, when Crazy World, obviously we are living in a crazy world at the moment because everything that's been going on with COVID, everything in the States, but actually this probably more directed towards racism, homophobia, and the oppression of minority groups. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not, it's got that really strange thing of being, you know, it's, it's one of the more upbeat songs on the album. It is a real banger, actually. Um, it's relentless. It's infectious. I love the rhythm to this one. It almost feels, the rhythm almost feels like salsa or something like that. But then lyrically, it's talking about a father disappointed by his son and a man is told he's committed a sin. Um, yeah, it's really like speaking truths, but but putting it out in a really upbeat way which which does work because you know the lyrics aren't lost in the music i don't think you do you do hear this song don't you You do hear the intent behind it i just love that refrain of there's somewhere in this crazy world it is at the same time you know covering some very important situations but at the same time it's a great a really well-structured composed song definitely and talking of how the song was structured and composed this one was written with becky hill who also appears oh. on the vocals on the song as well. Hello, Becky. Happy New Year. I've got to, no, sorry, I've got to stop saying that. It's February, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> I think it's the end of February, isn't it? I think. Nearly. Is it? I think so. <laughs> uh, track number 14 now is B. It's an interlude, but I think, actually, Dan, I think we both agreed before we recorded that we just want to play this. So let's yeah. play it. Black and white and brown are we? Boy or girl, or he or she. That or they, whatever you please. We will breathe, we will bleed. We all want and need to be free. I think that says it all, doesn't it, Will? Yeah, I'm not going to say anything after that, actually, because it's just a really powerful 17 seconds. And like you say, that's it. So, moving on then to... Track 15 and the penultimate track on the album. Not a full-on cover of Ultranate's hit, but this is free. really builds up to a big moment towards the end of the track and again there's a real story there's a real message in this track about setting someone free about ending things to to help to to move on uh, for both parties actually and I think at the same time that could be something sad this does feel quite uplifting at the same time yeah I think one of those things that is sad and and the worst thing in the world at the time and then afterwards they kind of is i suppose a form of euphoria afterwards but um i i love how i suppose in a way that musically the song reflects that because it starts with that very stark uh vocal only um moment really nice and there's great harmonies and vocoder in there but then the music comes in and then it builds to this crescendo and again i said it about a track before but this one even more so you just don't know where this song is going and it just keeps you keeps you on your toes until right towards the end. It's almost quite gospel-like towards the end, I think. Mm. And also, you know, this album, 16 tracks, you've got some spoken word interludes, some shorter tracks. But again, every track is slightly different. Although each track is telling a story, it's taking a different music style, a different approach to do so as well. No wonder it did take a while to pull this together because there's so many different elements, collaborators that have come in on co-writes and co-producers as well. But I think for a debut album, you really do want to hear this variety in this range, don't you? Yep, 100% agree. And yeah, this is the penultimate track. And actually, you know, sometimes you get to this part in an album and you think, oh good, we're kind of wrapping things up. With this one, I don't really want this to end. 
So we're on to the last track of the album proper now, track 16, and this is Touched by You. The sheets, perfume. I guess it brought back memories. I admit I'm going through it. Close my eyes because the truth is that he looks like you. And he tastes like you. Yeah, he walks like you, talks like you, just like you. And for a girl, it was like I was touched by you, touched by you. So touched by you there, uh, the last track on the album. Uh, and I'm just going to say this now, Dan, because I haven't had a chance to do it yet, even though I do like this track and I think it's a great way to end the album. Uh, but I really want to talk about the album artwork. So what a great time to talk about the fantastic album artwork. Yes. And it really is. Uh, it's very sensual. So you've got M and EK there and he's embracing uh, what I like to think and hope is his lover. Might just be a model, um, Will. No, it's his lover. It's not a model. No, silly me. It's, it's, yeah. And it just looks really tender, really emotional. Um, and I think it's a great way to kind of put into an image what a lot of the content on the album is about. And it's the love between two men of colour. Absolutely. What I love about this is, I don't know if it was intentional or not, it kind of, for me, in the same way that, do you remember the Brokeback Mountain cover was the two guys embracing and people said it was kind of a, it was taking what Titanic did with that kind of iconic poster, but it was saying, look, this can be a gay love story as well. And this is kind of almost doing that again and saying this can be a gay love story between two two black men. I wish I knew how to quit you. <laughs> you having a stroke, lovey? And Dan, you did actually once spend a winter in the mountains uh, with another uh, horse handler <laughs> looking after cattle. I, <laughs> that's a story for a different time and a different podcast, I think. <laughs> but what do you think of this track, Dan? Uh, it's lovely. It's a stunning end to the album. I think the thing that really stands out for me on this one is the vocal because we said before, you know, he really puts the energy into those upbeat, like, sort of attitude-filled anthems. But here on this somewhere, it really is stripped back. It's pure, like, pain and angst and honesty he's putting in there. And it's and the vocal, the, the thing that comes out of that, the product of that, is just like, the most stunning thing. How about you, Will? No, I really like it. It's tender. It's obviously reflecting on a previous relationship uh, and how that's something that still affects him. Uh, and I think it's a lovely way to leave the album because we are leaving the album. Mm. But not before I've shared the reception uh, and the performance. So this uh, was uh, very well reviewed on the whole. So NME gave it four out of five stars. Uh, the Guardian gave it three out of five. I have read the Guardian uh, review, and I do disagree with a lot of what the reviewer says in it mm. uh, because I think it doesn't do it justice. So I just wanted to say that. Normally, a big fan of the Guardian, but I think they missed the mark with that review. Well, well done for pointing it out. So Dan, we've got some further listening. Uh, what are the parameters today for our M and E K further listening? Well, we did say we've spoken a lot about his voice. So we don't want to talk about songs that he's written. We want to talk about further listening, further songs that M&EK has performed. Uh, there was an EP before the album. And of course, there have been many, many, many guest spots, as we've alluded to. So, Will, I'd love to invite you to go first. So I'd love to, Dan. I'm going to choose a track from his 2015 EP, Small Talk. This is every little say. Every little word you say seems to make it all okay. Every little word you say, you say. Every little word you say makes me wanna see the day. Every little word you say, you say. Every little word you say, every little word you say, every little word you say. Every little word. I remember first hearing this track many years ago now and immediately being uh, interested in just the, the amount of different things you've got going on in there. You've got a really great kind of dance, electro, 
R&B beat going through. You've got some vocoder in there. You've got a really catchy refrain in the kind of every little word you say. Uh, very exciting at the time. And that EP was great. Yeah, it's a great song. And for me, I think I love the kind of explosion of electronics. But there's something, I don't know if it's the that kind of vocoder bit or something, but something really reminds me of uh, the Stevie Wonder song, I Wish, which I do hope uh, MNEK would take as a compliment because, of course, Stevie Wonder, absolute legend and g- musical genius in his own right. Dan, what have you gone for? So I have gone for MNEK's collaboration with Riton and House Gospel Choir. And this is Deeper. Let's get down, let's get down, let's get deeper. I'm done fooling around because I need ya. So let's get loads like the bass through the speakers. Cause right now we need to get down, let's get deeper. Let's get down, let's get down, let's get deeper. I'm done fooling around cause I need ya. So let's get loads like the bass through the speakers. Cause right now we need to get down, let's get deeper. So that was deeper there. Uh, that was from Riton as well. I just have to read some uh, facts out on Riton, Will, because uh, I can't quite believe the track-by-track ticks that these will get. Uh, Riton has, first of all, uh, his second album included a cover, a reworking of The Cure's Killing an Arab, which we only discussed or name-checked last week. Yes. But even more so, Will, Riton used to have uh, a club night in Shoreditch and guests included, and I mean guest DJs included, Too Many DJs, Richard X, Milo and Errol Alcon. Why weren't we there? Because we were too young. Well, that is the truth of it. Probably not. Uh, Also, this is a reinterpretation of a, I can't remember what it is, but of a classic dance track as well. Which I think is kind of Riton's... um, thing isn't it as a as an electro producer reworks a lot of stuff but i love this spin on it and will of course i know we've mentioned it before but we can't <laughs> n- we can't mention house gospel choir without talking about that wonderful gospel brunch we went to where we were sat in the most unfortunate well it was a fantastic seat but also we were sat directly in front of the band or the singers all on one side of the table like the last supper Almost like we were judging them on how, you know, Gospels got talent or something like that. It was quite awkward, wasn't it? And if that wasn't awkward enough, then our food turned up as soon as they started singing. (laughs) Oh, it was certainly a memory. That was actually just over two years ago. I I would like to go back for that. I can't believe it's been that long ago, probably because we've lost a year, pretty much. And because we talk about it quite often. So we just feel like we're reliving (laughs) it. But uh, if you have, if you are in London or, or can get to London... When restrictions are lifted, do check out the House Gospel Choir brunch because it is a lot of fun. In the meantime, stay at home if we're still doing that at the point when this episode is released. Yeah, and wash your hands and all that. So we're out of time. We're out of time. Do let us know what you think to M&EK and his album language and also what you thought to our thoughts on the album at Track by Track UK. And do, if you have a moment, give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts uh, and share your positive thoughts on Track by Track. Positivity. It's all about positivity. In 2021, it definitely is, Dan. Uh, Speaking of which, let's have some positive thoughts on a hint of a tease for next time. I mean, if you can be asked. (laughs) No, I can't. Do you mind? Can I not? (laughs) So next week, it's our final album as part of LGBTQ Plus History Month. And... We are talking about an American, quite a rocky, actually, quite a rocky trio. But we're talking about the last album they recorded where they collaborated with Xenomania. Have I said too much? Yes. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> Try and Always. keep it cryptic. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry for breathing. Uh, so to say anything more might be to give it away if you don't already know who that is. But it's going to be a good one next week on Track by Track. So until then. I've been Ultranate. And I've been all of the House Gospel Choir. Wow. Goodbye. Goodbye.
goes. I actually was touched by my primary school teacher. He touched my heart. Mm -hmm.